1: This segment was brought to you by Orem Capital. If you are thinking about exiting or succession with a business today, you are joining a growing number of owners also considering the same alternatives. And if you've already heard that news, then you know exits or successions can be challenging, unless you can facilitate a recipe ahead of time and make your company prominent to attract attention. And maximize your enterprise value in the broadest market. Anticipate and facilitate with Aurum Capital Connect today. For more information, please visit oramcapconnect.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Abigail Manning. She's the founder and president at Create Awareness, Change Lives. Abigail, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Kevin. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think... What we're going to cover today is actually very important and, and timely with everything that's going on right now. But maybe before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
0: Sure, sure. Well, I um, grew up in uh, the North Shore of Chicago, uh, so the suburbs. I went to school at Indiana University. You know, growing up in the Midwest, you got to go to one of the big sure. tens.
1: <laughs> what, what did you take and, and so, why?
0: Um, I actually took I got a double major and I focused on behavioral um, and so um, cognitive, social and behavioral studies in through their communications, their schools of communications, um, because it was fascinating to me to learn how to talk with in a conflict situation. There's ways you can do it um, that are productive and positive. Um, I I did not come from jumping right in. Um, If anybody looks at my information, they know this anyway. Um, I came from childhood abuse by both my parents. Um, and then later, domestic violence and PTS. Well, at the time, having grown up in that type of home environment, I was learning all these new exciting things in college about positive ways to communicate and where do you feel it in your body? And just basically to summarize it, how you think, say, and do. Um, and it was just fascinating to me. And I, I was so empowered by learning all of those life skills, as I call them. Um, and so that's why I studied what I studied.
1: Interesting. So, you get out of university. Walk us through your career up until create awareness, change lives.
0: Oh, interesting. So, I have taken a, a long path. So, when people say you must get a certain career and only stick in that, um, that's great for some people. For me, that wasn't the path that I took. Sure. Um, I had a couple of different careers. You know, at some point, I was a convention planner. I was planning uh, for a big company. um, They did international conventions. So I did that for many years. And that really taught me timeline management, priority projects, um, working with teams, being sleep deprived and still having to perform because when you're on site for two weeks, you're getting very little sleep and you (laughs) still have to put on that game face and you have to be, you know, professional and positive with your clients. And if there's a problem, you don't let them know it, you take care of it, you fix it. and, And they feel like it's effortless. Um, so each job that I've had over the course of years has really helped me grow. Um, I did run another company for 23 years as I ran, as I raised my kids. It allowed me the flexibility of working out of my home. Um, I had full custody of my kids when they were five and two, so I needed to have something where I could bring in income, but I could also still go to their swim meets, right. um, be at their parent-teacher meetings, volunteer at the schools. And all of that, to be honest, Kevin, built... To a point of where I took all these random type of life lessons and I kept putting them in the back of my head. And then when my second child, my last child left, um, I knew I needed a bigger mission. And that's when I started Create Awareness Change Lives was three years ago. And it took all of those life experiences and, and education and things learned the hard way. Um, and I put them in a blender and made my own curriculum so that I can hopefully help other people learn what I learned the hard way. They can hopefully learn it a lot easier, or they can learn it just by hearing about it or reading about it or attending one of the workshops or, um, and, and then they don't have to go through some of the challenges that I have been through.
1: Interesting. So what do you guys do at create awareness, change lives? Cause you guys do a bunch of interesting things.
0: Oh, thanks. I think we do. <laughs> um, and you can call it CACL for short if you want. It's, sure. I know it's a mouthful, but I, I, I'm a visionary person. I'm a visual person. I need to have something out there that I'm going for. I've always been an athlete, so I need a goal, right? So right. the whole goal of this company is to create awareness. Not for me to own it, because I was having too much ownership as an empathy person. Um, I was really kind of taking on other people's journeys too much. So I named the company what I really wanted to focus on. And my goal is to create awareness so that others can change their lives. Um, And uh, so I do that through a couple of ways. One is before COVID, um, I was teaching workshops. I have, um, some wonderful people have decided to work alongside of me on some of these workshops, um, including a retired rear admiral who is a commanding officer at Camp David, Michael Georgione. He and I teach a um, harassment prevention class. Yeah, yeah. It's called Leading a Healthy Work Environment, and it does a deep dive on all five forms of abuse. Um, I also teach a countering insider threat, mental health, mindfulness, and mission with two former amazing CIA global executives. And um, I do speaking events. Um, there's a LEDX if anybody wants to see that for a little more information. But my latest one that I love that we officially launched, we started working on this in March, um, is using live virtual avatars in a sim simulation on teaching life skills. And um, that's going really, really well. So those are some of the ways, and again, I'm always adjusting and adding when new ideas come in, but that's the core of our business. But everything is about how we can help others have thriving lives and how we can help industries and companies and organizations have prosperous cultures.
1: Interesting. So I I want to dive a little bit deeper into this avatar um, training that you just launched. How do people use it and and give us, I, I get that audio, it's hard to describe something visual, but how do you describe it to people that can't see it uh, the second you're talking about it?
0: (laughs) Good point. Because the moment people see it and we do a demo, they're sold. They're like, we're sold. Um, So we can do this on a one-on-one. That's not exactly how I have it set up. I have an idea in my mind as we all go into uh, COVID and maybe stay in COVID or another wave of COVID or something in the future. Um, I could see this being a one-on-one or you can go, but mainly what we're doing again is corporate and a lot of military. A lot of what I do is military based government and national security related companies. So what you do is you have one person who's quote unquote in the hot seat okay. um, and they're on looking at a big screen um, and it's an avatar on the other side. Um, so they will, There's a scenario that we set up for them, so basically depending on what topic that organization wants to discuss, we will have done all the background information, all the development of the content, all of the, again, cognitive, social, and behavioral theories get woven into this, but we'll have the topic. So right now diversity and inclusion is a very, very big one, Um, so how do we avoid implicit bias or cognitive um, and create cognitive diversity, uh, anti-discrimination, biases, things like that. Um, We can do suicide prevention um, through this. We can do any topic, um, and we have our team research all of it, right? Yeah, and then what you can do is you can have the one person in the hot seat interacting with the avatar, and it is suspension of belief, so you really believe this avatar is true. You really believe they're real. They're responding in real time. The system is always learning, and it's amazing how in seconds, Kevin, people are Being very emotional. And I'm talking some big CEOs. I'm talking about some high ranking military people. Um, Myself, even though I've seen the scenarios, I can get drawn into it right away. Um, And What happens then is then you pause or stop the simulation and your entire team. So we've done this up to about 300 people in an auditorium and you can do it on a Zoom call. Yeah. So even if you have your team, let's say there's 10 people or 20 people on your Zoom call, you pause the simulation and then the team jumps on. And this is what I love is it builds collaboration. It builds trust. It builds brainstorming because someone will say, hey, you know, you did a great job. Did you think about this? Or the person can say, I didn't even know where to send them. What policy do we have? How do we help this person? Or how would I answer that? The, the avatar kept getting more and more agitated or angry and mad or kept getting more sad and withdrawn and separating versus coming towards the team. And then the team collaborates. And then we have a facilitator who has all the academic background to be able to explain what's happening and then also help them change the behavior, you know awareness about it, change the behavior. And then what I love about simulation, it's like the flight simulation. You crash and burn, no one gets hurt. Right, (laughs) Right? yeah, interesting. You know, so if you have a topic, like you have a new person who's a manager and they have to fire someone for the first time, how do you do that with empathy? How do you do that with kindness? How do you do that so the person walks away not being completely defeated but saying, I understand, and I'm going to go and be even a better person now? Well, you can practice that in a simulation setting. And then you keep practicing it so that your brain gets muscle memory on how to do it successfully, well, with kindness, with respect, and also with healthy boundary lines.
1: No, I I 100% agree. I think it's it's actually actually really fascinating that you guys are doing this. But I'm curious, how did you guys come up with the idea for this?
0: Well, I'm not that smart. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) So I feel very blessed in the path that I'm on, um, the people who've come forward and said, I see what you're doing. I know that you truly care and your content is really good. I want to introduce you to somebody. And that's how I met Michael Georgione. That's how I met the CIA guys. That's how I met the avatar team. Um, I was actually at the air force, um, the air university, they have a national event, a two day event where they bring in speakers from across the country. And then they do workshops, So I was recommended by someone named Jim Vasilopius, who I love and adore, who has been a champion. Um, He and his colleague, Jan Rutherford, had said, you know, I think you really guys should be talking to Abigail. And so we chatted, and they asked me to be one of the speakers at that event. Um, If everybody wants to hear about my Purple Threads, they can Google it on YouTube. But um, I was there talking and workshop and someone said hey have you heard of this person and it was just through networking that i met the team that has been doing this for the last three years and instantly could see how this is groundbreaking it's innovative it's impactful it's it's going to be something, honestly, I believe, Kevin, that we'll say in the future, why didn't we do this sooner? And we've always been doing this, right? I mean, right. it's such a wonderful way with using innovation and technology and using skill sets to be able to pull people together in real life. Um, that I, As soon as I saw it, I'm like, okay, this is it. And so we made an alliance, and um, and it's... It, it's through my company, and I have a great team that's around me. Um, that's why I say I'm not that smart. I, I, I don't have the background <laughs> that the people on my team have. I mean, they're fantastic, really, really blessed to have met the people on my path that I have that that are really wholeheartedly making a difference in this world.
1: No, that that's, that's really great. And I also think, too, just with everything that's going on, um, like dealing with people's kind of mental health around – just personally and professionally right now right
0: absolutely absolutely so everything i do is about well-being and i always feel like the way to have well-being is as each individual if we can each as individuals have self-awareness self-ownership and self-commitment which is also called you know, self care, but that sounds a little flowery sometimes. (laughs) But like a commitment to integrity, a commitment to get up and make myself do that run this morning, even though I knew I was a little crunched for time. But I'm like, that's my commitment to me because I'm a much better person when I give myself that time. And then when each person can do that, Then it tells the person next to them, I give you permission to do that. And I expect you to do that for yourself. And this is where your accountability is. This is where your ownership is. And then when we all have that, it's amazing how wonderful we can all work together. So if, say, I have an off day, Kevin, you can say, you know, hey, Abigail, did you go for your run this morning? Or why don't you take some time off and go for your run? And I can know, like, oh, I guess I'm not handling this really well. We can talk with one another and understand one another and know that at any given time, we're all really trying to do our best. And sometimes that's not really good. When we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're not taking care of our mental health and mental well-being, as well as our physical well-being, um, and now with COVID too, our financial well-being, Um, when we have a lot of stresses and triggers, it pulls on underlining traumas. Like I mentioned my childhood and some of the things I've been through those can be pulled on very fast. And when we all go to that state of fight, flight, and freeze because we're being triggered because of past unresolved things that we haven't worked our way through, we haven't been aware of them and owned them, um, then that's kind of that whole slippery slope um, where we start falling apart and we start seeing unhealthy behaviors. I call it the adverse spiral. And we start seeing unhealthy behaviors that spiral down. um, And that's, that's what i'm trying to prevent i'm trying to prevent it because the bottom of the adverse spiral is thoughts of suicide Um, and there's a lot of adverse behavior in between there between risky behavior and addictions and things like that Um, so yeah mental well-being during this time especially is if i could say one thing is slow down everybody give yourself a little bit more grace and space and then turn around and give the person next to you a little more grace and space and that's my biggest well-being tip I feel like I can use for myself as well as share with other people.
1: No, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think the thing that I find interesting and just talking to a bunch of people, it seems like with, since COVID hit anyway, people are either extremely busy or they're almost like bored and have nothing to do. I get there's people in the middle, but it seems like we're at such an extreme right now how do you or what advice do you give to people that maybe are on the extreme busy side where they, they just like kind of, you know, everybody jokes like put on an extra 10 or 15 kind of pounds since COVID hit because I'm at home and kind of stress eating or or not working out as much or or kind of doing some of those, like actually taking care of their their mental and physical health?
0: I love it. I love it so a lot of things that we do when we see unhealthy behavior or toxic cultures it's because it's mutually exclusive thinking right it's all or nothing it's them or me right um and that creates those wild pendulum swings that we're seeing in other parts of our country and um in addition to COVID right now and um i think when that happens what i believe it is is that it all ties back to power and control so the reason people abuse people is for power and control so i've you know am sure many people have heard this but hurt people hurt people and so if you've been hurt you want your power and control you're not going to let someone hurt you again so you would rather have a good offense than a defense and i think when people go to those extreme things they're scared they're getting triggered um if they've been through things of hardship, uh, stress, like you grew up without money or you've lost a home or you've had any kind of underlining trauma, it can easily cr- trigger that need to control, right, to make feel control of your environment. Well, well none of us are in control of our environment with COVID, right? right? Like it's not like we can have control like for a while, you know, you couldn't get on a plane and now they have a whole new mask, um, of we must wear a mask and things are closed down by certain times. Like that feels out of control. And if you have underlining things that trigger you when you don't feel in control of your life, or you haven't felt control in your life in the past, then you do these extreme behaviors, this mutual exclusive um, look at the world. And what you can do that is take some big breaths. So you can do meditation or take some breaths or do tapping, which is called EFT. You can contact some friends. Um, Being socially isolated is really hard. That's a stress in itself. Um, And so if we can remind ourselves that we are in control, I have control over if I look at this as doom and gloom or I look at this as an opportunity. I looked at the COVID as an opportunity and that's when I jumped on the avatar work. I might've been too chicken to do it otherwise. But my workshops, my speaking shut down overnight. I had it booked. I had it lined up, gone, right? So I could sit in the corner and I could be, oh my gosh, my life is over. But I chose, and it's not easy, but I choose to be optimistic. I choose to be positive. I choose to say, okay, what are three solutions that I could think of? What are three solutions I could be open to? Who can I call that might have other ideas? Who's smarter than me that might be a couple steps ahead of me? Who can I bring along? Who is struggling in this? Um, because otherwise we do, you mentioned the stress eating. Well, stress eating is an addiction. I mean, that's because you don't feel confident and safe, right? So we go down what I mentioned is the adverse spiral and part of addiction. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who've gained a lot of weight or starting to drink, uh, quite often and heavily. And that's all a natural outcome. If you're not taking care of the early steps of stress, fear, doubt, and, And then just look at yourself and say, that's okay. It's okay that I'm here. It's to be expected. And I want to do better. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to start walking back up that staircase, back up that spiral, back to the healthy side of it. And it's okay. That's what I mean about grace and space. Give yourself some grace and space. If you want to eat a couple more pizzas, (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) If you're eating pizzas every day, maybe not so Okay.
1: No, I 100% agree with you. And I think it's really good advice. And you brought up something that I think needs to be reiterated again. It's like, sure, everything is unknown and it's the future is can be unknown and kind of scary. But there's no better time in history or probably in our lifetime than to like do what you're truly passionate about. It's like if you want to start a company or you want to do whatever, you want to take up a new hobby, it's like, you have the time to do it now, and I think the fact that a lot of people have to stay home, it's like nobody. You don't even need to tell anybody you started a company or took on a new hobby or whatever it is, because nobody will know whether you're successful or or, or you fail at it, right? Especially if it's an online thing, right? I think like it's it's harder if you're in an office or you're you're doing something or you're seeing people more often, but if you're kind of isolated a bit, you. You don't really have the opportunity to tell people, correct?
0: What are your thoughts around that? I love it. Oh, I love it. I have a huge smile. Like, I love it. I love it. And that whole scary feeling is so you fall down. Yeah, like, who cares? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Everybody falls down. I mean, and that's the thing, like, I, I um, have to really limit some social media sometimes because it can look very fairy y again, oh, yeah, mutually exclusive. It can look like magical fairytale and everybody has everything together. Or it can look the extreme end, the world is ending, everybody hates everybody, right? So totally. at this current time, I know that I can be a sponge for, as an empath, and I don't want to be a sponge with either of those extremes. So I'm taking this time to say, like, you were like, what happened I tried in the past that no one would know, right? I've been working yeah. on this life skill stuff for over three months. No one knew about it. No one knew it until then. And sure. now you're actually the first public place of where I'm putting it out there. So yay. That's
1: awesome.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you for letting me do that. Of course. Um, and then what you can do is I, I look at limiting self-belief. So this time right now, we're with other people. Other people can see us way more clearly than we can see ourselves, totally. right? Yep. And so what... What is it? Like, Kevin, I know you've always talked about writing. I don't know. I'm making this up. A book. Just start writing it. Yeah. Just 15 minutes a day or at 3 o'clock on Friday, check out. And by 5 o'clock, you know, maybe go out for dinner. But between 3 and 5, you're going to write every day. So what is a limiting self-belief that we've had that has kept us back from living even better, bigger, braver, stronger, louder, shining? And then I want people to do the work at removing those. And the, and I call this is all my purple curriculum that I built. And and where did that limiting belief come from? What does it sound like? Are you operating from truth? So I hear so many times I'm I'm not smart, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. I hear that from a lot of people, right? And in what category? I mean, there's so many different ways to be smart right? I don't have yeah. to be a computer programmer. I don't have that level of intelligence, but I, got, I have a lot of other intelligences. We well, don't have to be really smart in everything. So, and then what you do is once you recognize those and you start feeling them in your stomach, like if someone calls you stupid and it makes you feel like someone sucker punched you and you feel sick to your stomach, then recognize that and think about, okay, what did that trigger in me? Again, that's that self-awareness and self-ownership. And then I call it flip a dip. And then how do you turn that into a strength? And I love doing this with people in workshops as well as kids. Like, what is the opposite side of that limiting belief? And there's always a strength. It's like the two-sided coin. There's always a strength on the other side. Sometimes you have to dig. You really have to dig to figure it out. And you might need that other person, that person that cares about you or a friend or a colleague to be able to help point it out. Um, But it's really kind of fun during this time when we're scared to say, okay, what am I scared of? And start digging a little bit. And a lot of people are scared to dig in their own life. And man, when you do, and you can pull those purple threads out, Kevin, you're unstoppable.
1: Well, totally. And I also think too is like to your point, you don't need to say I need to take two weeks off and write a book. It's like try it for 15 minutes today. Try it for 15 minutes once a week for a month. And then try going for 30 minutes a month. Like It doesn't have to be quit everything and and dive right in. It's like, start at it small. You'll be surprised by even work up to like an hour a week. Like you, you do the math. It's not that that's, there's a lot of hours in a year. If you're, if you're just doing one hour a week, right? Like you, and you can try to pick it up like after maybe a quarter, try doing an hour and a half or something. Right? Like I I feel like some people, and I, I feel like you watch shark tank or any of these big shows. It's like, If you're not all in, you're failing. It's like most people, including the people saying a lot of that stuff, worked part-time. Some of the most successful companies ever, including like Apple and Google, well, all started part-time. Like, but you, nobody hears about this stuff, right? It's always like, this like sink or swim, no plan B kind of attitude. And it's like, that's not the reality. Like the people even telling about that stuff is not even the reality that they did growing up or, or how they became successful. And it's always kind of like blown me away a little bit. It's like, well, that's not how you started. So like, how can you be giving that advice to people? Or it's like, I've even had to like investors. It's kind of like, they're like, you need to be all in. It's like, well, you're not giving me all your money. So like, why do I have to give you all my time? Like, right it's like this whole kind of thing that i think people don't think about that stuff it's like you tell somebody something and they just like believe it and they don't think about it for them and you need to figure out what works for you like don't get me wrong if you can go all in and quit your job and work on something for a year or six months and 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 you have that ability great go ahead and do that like i'm not saying don't do that but I think people are so scared if they're like they need to work full time because they need to pay their bills and they have a family or whatever their situation is. It's like figure out, carve out 15 minutes a week and start working on whatever it is, a hobby, a business, doesn't matter. Like you don't need 100 hours to
0: start. I completely agree. I completely agree. And again, I think that ties back to that mutually exclusive thinking all in totally. or nothing. And that's not a lot of kindness for ourselves. Right. So if, it's we're, if we're like, I got to be a hundred and it is unrealistic and that's intimidating. And then we say, well, I, I don't have that kind of en- energy or I can't, you start limiting, to, listening to those limiting self-beliefs so oh, that yeah. all in philosophy. So both of my companies, I bootstrapped, I did it. I've never taken a loan. Nice. I've, um, i built both of them. So the second one, I knew it was coming. So I stockpiled and squirreled away money. Right. So I gave up a lot of things because I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted to have that more than I wanted to have a new car. Although that bit me because my car died. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, but you know, and then you, you know, you adjust, right. And, um, and you have a plan and maybe that is all in. But it's not like I drop everything and I sacrifice the well-being of my children because I was going to go after this company. Totally. So for me, I'm all in in every moment. Like right now, I'm all in this conversation. I'm not on my computer. I am not thinking how much longer is this going to take. I, I'm not like I'm all into listening to you and um, going, oh, that's interesting. I want to write that down. That's a great point. I want to think about that later. And and I think if you do that in each moment, you can chunk it down so like for the example of the book I know some people who they write one chapter a month right right one chapter a month yeah. like you have four weeks to write one chapter well at the end of the year they write a book totally. every year this person writes a book yeah and, and they have a full-time job totally it's because they chunk it into bites like you don't go out and run a marathon and say I'm okay I want to do a marathon this year and then go out and start running 26 plus miles you, don't, you can't do that, and you can't do that in business either, in my mind. Um, but then again, I'm not super, super huge and successful like some of these organizations. But for me, I've been able to have a balance of life. I was able to be a full-time, at-home, p- present, in-the-moment parent, as well as run a company. Now, there were guidelines. You know, sure. guys, yeah. if the door is closed and there's a sign, you can't come in. Right. Um, and then conversely, when I'm at a swim meet, I wasn't taking business calls. Right. Um, but that's what I like being all in in the moment and then having your stop times. Cause I honestly, Kevin, I don't know about you, but I, I can become a workaholic. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's right. So I have to have a stop time. So I per- specifically will make a schedule with someone to meet them to go work out. Right? Yeah, so I know that I stopped, that it's not 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and I'm still working going, why am I so hungry? Um, and that, to me, is how you live in each moment and you give yourself that balance so that you know we can have the well-being, we can have the mental health, the physical health, the spiritual, the financial health that we all want and that we need in order to have a balanced life versus a mutually exclusive life. Like if I worked all the time and I made a ton and ton of money, right mutually exclusive thinking but i never worked out and i didn't care about what i ate and my body gave out on me that's not the life i want yeah i want the whole thing i want the whole package to be healthy
1: no i 100 percent agree and the other thing i think that's interesting too is like you don't need to build a comp like a hundred million dollar company there's a lot of really successful happy people that make 50 100 150 whatever your number is it doesn't really matter it's like you don't need to like sure if you want to shoot to be the next billion dollar company have at her go for it right no but like if you're comfortable just making 150 grand a year or 50 grand a year whatever your number is like that's fine too and build a business that allows you to do that and have the lifestyle that you want like if you don't want to work 100 hour weeks and do all this crazy stuff to get to 100 million dollars that's that's totally fine too like i think in the startup world at least it's either this like go big or go home kind of attitude and i that always kind of like well but what if that's not for me or whoever
0: right 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 and i think to me again vision what's your vision where do i want to be what do i want to do i want to do good where i can when i can as deep as i can sure i want to be a force for positivity I want to be the good in the world that I didn't see growing up. I want my vision of the world to be the normal. So people can say, oh, because I didn't know mine wasn't normal. Is was right. what I grew up with. That was my normal, right? Yeah. And it consequently impacted what I did, where I, where I went, who I married, all that kind of stuff, and in not a healthy way. And I had to learn it the hard way. So what is the purpose of your company? What is the mission behind what you do? Keep it super simple. Keep that vision very up in front and center. And you can ask yourself, am I doing that? So for me, I was able to, I worked really, really hard. I worked really, really hard. And like I said, I was able to squirrel some money away for the second phase, the second company that I wanted to have when my kids left the nest. And I told myself, I'm going to give myself the luxury of, giving it at least two years of just letting it roll see where it goes doesn't matter if I meet the person I meet him if I don't I don't just throw it out to the universe and it took such an unexpected and much more amazing incredible ride um, and a lot less stressful than my first company because I allowed myself the opportunity to be open-minded to see what other people were doing, what other people were saying, to see where in my body—I was so excited that I could be talking about this topic, right? I am. Uh, I, so was a lot of people in the beginning thought I was going to work just with women on domestic violence. I'm like, that's not the, the vision I have for me. I want to go to—I want to go to corporate America because I want to help parents so that they can have stronger relationships inside their organization, but also they go home yeah. and they're more loving, kind parents, and they're teaching this to their children. And then those children are growing up and marrying other people because they know what love, respect, and kindness looks like, feels like. So, and and I'm like, how are you going to do it? And I started going down this limiting self-belief path. How are you going to do it? And how is there going to be any money in it? And how are you going to prevent suicide? There's no money in preventing suicide. And I'm like, be quiet, be quiet. It's okay. And that's the kind of that, that space that I needed to give myself was just for two years. And, and it it's been a fun, interesting adventure. And I'm really excited with where it's going. Awesome. And it's way more successful than my first company was after 23, almost 24 years.
1: Wow. Interesting. So it's a
0: different approach.
1: Totally. Yeah. So I'm curious do you have any other thoughts on kind of where we go from here in this kind of unknown?
0: Hopefully, up. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully back to some very simple fundamentals. Okay. And those for me would be love, respect, kindness, patience for ourselves and others, walking in other people's shoes, keeping your mind mental, flexible. Like, I wonder how that feels for that person. I wonder how, and then having those brave conversations. So working with diversity and inclusion, I've been having some really great in-depth conversations that i didn't think i would have that i was a little scared to have because i never want to come across um or ever ever be biased or discriminate you know and so when people said you know we had um this committee we had a a big discussion about white privilege and i want to come up with a, a different name a name that's better and everybody at the end of the conversation said there needs to be there's a better word so i try to take the emotion out of language and that's why I use words like purple threads because there's no emotion in it. It's right. not like it's like, you know, anger hostility and, um, you know, it's just we can have conversations and that's what I wish and hope that we can do going forward. It's having conversations. I, I talk a lot about think, say, do. So what we think is our emotional intelligence, is our cognitive and then what we say is our communication skills, it's our language and then what we do is our behavioral skills. So if we can take this time to ask ourselves, am I thinking this because I really believe it or is this just the way I was raised or is this just the culture I've been in or is this just because what has been done in the past and I thought I always had to stay in computer programming or whatever it is. And then what you say is also what you say to yourself. So hopefully people are saying kinder things, nicer things, empowering things. I can do this. I believe in you. You are a champion. Keep moving forward. And then what we do is not sit on the couch and eat all those pizzas, but we get up and we do it. We write that chapter in the book. We do something that's really scary, like stand on the stage or tell someone who's wronged you that you would like to have a discussion about it. And so if we can do that moving forward, if we can change how we think, what we say and what we do to be with love and kindness and diversity of thought and accepting of diversity in thought and more grace and space and bandwidth for one another, that, my friend, is where I hope we go.
1: Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day.
0: Sounds great. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. Okay, bye